Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For our next guest, this was no surprise. Indeed, he broke the news a few hours before that, so we knew it was coming. Uh, let's go back uh, maybe a few months, Coons, if we can, or a few weeks. So on September 24, Tom Decent reported that Jones held a Zoom job interview with Japan just days before the Wallabies World Cup campaign. The following day, Jones threatened to walk... I say this, I'm trying to say this with a straight face. Jones threatened to walk out of a press conference when he was quizzed on this meeting with Japan. Then both the Wallabies captain and their CEO, uh, Phil War both publicly stated they trusted Jones' version of events. That was in late September. On October 13, Jones said he was, and I quote, committed to Australia and he had no, discu- he had had no discussion with Japan. On October 27, that's two weeks later, Jones told Rugby Australia he's open to a deal to walk away from the Wallabies. And two days after that, October 29, he resigned. On November 8, Jones admitted he would be keen on the Japanese job. And last Thursday, Jones had his second interview to become the Japanese coach, as reported by Tom Deason. And this is how it's played out with Eddie Jones's voice on all these clips. I don't know what you're talking about, mate. I said no, mate. I've had no discussion with them, mate. I haven't been speaking to anyone, mate. Well, I've never had a job offer from Japan, mate. There's no offer. So is Japan an option? I don't know, mate. You have to ask Sydney Morning Herald. They seem to know more than me. <laughs> and they certainly did the whole <laughs> way through. Brilliant journalism. Tom Deason is from the Sydney Morning Herald and he's been across it all from the very start, breaking several exclu- exclusive. And, and he joins us now from Tokyo. Tom, welcome. G'day, Tom. Adam, how are you going? You're in Tokyo. Why? Big press conference tonight. Edward Jones set to be unveiled as Japan's head coach. Um, news that probably won't surprise too many people. Um, there'll be a cast of thousands down there near the Olympic Stadium to uh, see what he has to say um, not long after resigning as well of his coach after a pretty dismal World Cup. So when uh, all this is playing out, you're obviously on top of it from the very beginning. It's uh, condescending at best, the way that Eddie Jones spoke about you, Sydney Morning Herald. You proved to be right. So how do you look back and reflect on that at the time when you know that this has happened, but he's almost being disrespectful straight away publicly? Yeah, the funny thing is I actually still have a lot of respect for Eddie. I, I understand why he was doing what he did and interviewing with another nation while you're employed with Australia. Not just for that, not looking for another deal. He had four years left on that deal. It was an extraordinary story and why we triple-checked it and, and went with it. Um, yeah, look, we haven't spoken a whole lot. It'll be interesting to see how he reacts tonight, uh, being here in Tokyo. But, um, no, look, no love lost. I think, ultimately, Eddie had his heart set on Japan and he's been working very hard in the background to make that work. And he's, you know... Um, conveniently blamed Australian rugby's woes for his exit, but I reckon it's probably the latter that there's a, a Japan offer there for him.
Can you take us back to the beginning of the end for Eddie Jones? Like, where, where did this all start to unravel? Was it the decision to start rebuilding only a few weeks out from a World Cup? Where did it all begin? Yeah, I mean, their first test in uh, Pretoria, which I was at, was pretty ugly. They got hammered by about 30 points. Didn't get much better. Lost to Argentina at home and then back-to-back low defeats. And then something clicked in Eddie. He decided, I need to totally revamp this team, get rid of your Michael Hoopers, Quay Coopers, and not pick them for the World Cup. That's when I think people twigged something was not right. Um, clearly, his, his press conference at Sydney Airport, famously, where he had to go at all the reporters for being too negative and mm. not believing in his vision long-term, and we're going to go in the World Cup. Eight days later, he was doing a Zoom interview at a team hotel with Japan um, on the sly. So there's a lot of players who were told to bleed for the jersey and back Eddie in the battle. And when this news came out in the middle of the World Cup, they were pretty... Frustrated, not sure whether it was true or not, and it's taken a few months for it to play out. And um, yeah, final interviews last week, and it was ratified last um, last night here in Tokyo at a board meeting. So, an extraordinary chapter in Australian rugby. Tom, I want to ask you to do something that you may never have been asked to do before, and that is take your journalism hat off and put your Wallabies coaching hat on. If you had decided to have an interview with Japan on the eve of a World Cup while you were coaching the Wallabies and it had gotten out, how would you have answered that question in a press conference without, uh, I guess, embarrassing yourself or um, having your integrity questioned? I think we all thought Eddie would admit that he did have a chat, but you could you could follow that off as informal chats. He's had links to Japan. He's coached there before. We expected him to um, water it down and say, yeah, I jumped on a Zoom and had a call, but it was nothing too formal. Um, but as it turns out, applications for that role close on August 18. That, that call was on August 25. Yeah. The JRFU over here will we'll spin it and say that it was just a, um, we were just speaking to a few candidates and it wasn't part of the formal process. And they might even say that the first contact with Eddie was, uh, was seven days ago, which, um, look, I don't know if that passes the pub test. So why sign a long-term deal if your heart is not in the job. I mean, obviously, he still is passionate for coaching because he's taken on another international role. I mean, was he was he fully committed to the Wallabies this time around at all? I think he was. Like when he when his heart was in it, Eddie Jones is an incredibly hard worker. He's up at four a.m., goes to bed at midnight. No one can dedicate how much work he did for that team, but um, it's probably a question for him. Was was the role too hard? Uh, maybe he felt that there was greater problems within Australian rugby that wouldn't allow him to get the players he needed to get the team firing. These are probably all questions for him. I'm not sure whether there's family things at play. His, his wife and daughter live in Japan and maybe he felt like he knew this role was coming up and it was one he wanted to take. Perhaps he thought he was going to get speared by Rugby Australia, which they repeatedly said they weren't going to do. They just signed him on a five-year deal and couldn't afford to pay him out. So the question's for Eddie, but um, he's a bit of a riddle, so I'm not sure we'll ever get to the bottom of it. He was an assistant at Japan in 1996, and then he coached the Japanese national team in, from 2012 to 2015. So he's back there essentially for a third stint, his second as, as the main guy. Um, what is it that Japan see in him that, uh, the, that the Wallabies might see as sort of a warning shot? Because there was, clearly in Australian rugby now, they'd look at Eddie Jones, and we would look at Eddie Jones and think he's, um, I, I guess, he's damaged goods. 100%. The, the chairman spoke last night at a media briefing and said, yeah, there is an element of risk to Eddie Jones. I would be fascinated to know whether the recruitment company who put forward an independent um, proposal, whether they recommended Eddie Jones, I have no idea. That would be interesting to find out. I think the, the, there is an awe about Eddie Jones. He helps orchestrate um, uh, Japan's win over South Africa at the 2015 World Cup, probably one of the biggest World Cup wins ever. So 
he's well liked over here, but when you look at his record at England, five wins from the last 13 tests, two from nine with Australia, and it's ended in tears. It's a big risk for Japan to take it on, and um, he's certainly not um, got everyone's approval over here, that's for sure. What happens if he comes back, coaches Japan, and then has a great amount of success? Do we... Do we forgive him? <laughs> Does that make us angry? Like as a, I mean, I'm not a, a, a rugby uh, union fan or an aficionado, um, to say the very least, but like as you obviously are, as a fan, you report on it, you're passionate about it. Could you forgive him if he has success? Were you happy for him or just we'd stay angry? What do we do? <laughs> no, look, I, you know, one day we might have a beer and break bread and, and, and talk about it all, how it all played out. I think that, he loves coaching. He he saw this as an opportunity to take this Japan job, um, to be at the 2027 Rugby World Cup. He was supposed to be coaching the Wallabies and now he's going to be coaching Japan in Australia. That will be pretty awesome to watch and not awesome. Uh, there might be some Australian fans who might have a bit to say in the stand. So um, that would be a, yeah, a, a great little side story for that World Cup if he makes it that far. It's a long way. How far away is this press conference and what's your first question to him? Oh, great question. Um, will he apologise to fans for what he's done for interviewing with Japan? Uh, yeah. yeah, we've got about 75 minutes to go, so about to head in a cabin, head over there and um, see what he has to say. Hopefully they give me a question and let me in. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm the right person to be giving you uh, advice around con- confrontational press conferences, Tom, but uh, all the best. <laughs> Good luck, and uh, I look forward to seeing how it plays out because it's extremely interesting. And we didn't get time to talk about cricket either, so maybe that's next time. I haven't watched the ball, but w- wish I was. Thanks, yeah. <laughs>